Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. And this week, we are going to show episode five of the Dr. Michelle Gordon Show. In this episode, we reminisce with Molly, we have a bit of drama in a group ride, and we visit the Jose Ferrer Winery in Mallorca. Enjoy. Was that a life-changing trip for you? Oh, hands down. Tell me why. Absolutely. I mean, just to be given that opportunity to do that, I've never done anything like it. I mean, I'd love to travel, but heading to Barcelona and Mallorca, I've never been. So that was a real treat. But just the whole, from the very beginning, when you asked me to be on the show and I trained and got ready for it, and I really got into it. I was like, oh my gosh, I am not going to blow this. I didn't want to be the little fat boy on a bike, you know, being the last one. But I just wanted to keep up and I just really, I didn't want to disappoint you. I mean, I didn't want to disappoint myself. So I just, it was just fun. It was just, everything about it was life-changing. Well, I think one of the things that we wanted to show mm-hmm. in the in you know through that adventure and through what we did is that you know obviously our lives never end. Right. But on top of that, we can still do anything at whatever weight we are. Yeah. True. So you know if we get the menopausal paunch, okay, or or let's say like like for me, I had to put I put all my physical stuff on on hold while I was doing my residency, and mm-hmm. so. You know, by the time I got back into physical fitness, I had already put on maybe 50 or 60 pounds. Right. And, and my body was saying, okay, I'm going to hold this forever, you know. And so at the same time, I'm like, okay, but I'm going to still do this. Right. And I'm going to try to get fit. And we confuse skinny with fit. And it, it's not always the truth. Well, you're like fit. You're like strong as a horse. <laughs> not as a horse. Pretty strong. <laughs> well, you're strong. Yeah. <laughs> you're strong. Um, I just don't like the um, the images that are set forth. Is to to be beautiful, you have to be skinny. I mean, I think that's why, uh, in part, I created my wine of, uh, line of wine is because I don't want that image set forth for women, you know, going through menopause. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like there's so many things that you have to consider going through menopause. You're plucking black chin hairs. You have the weight gain. You have the memory loss. Those are just symptoms. We can still embrace our lives. True. I- I, I, what I like to do is is look back to the classic art. In Paris, there's this great museum called the Orsay Museum, or Musée d'Orsay, which I can't do French accent. I love that museum because it has a lot of classical, classical art. I mean, France is f- filled with art. But what I love about the art in there is it always makes me feel good about my figure. <laughs> Because the right. women, the women are all curvy and they've got a little paunch. They look like they've had a baby. Yes. You know, if you just, if I, if I had lived, you know, 200 years ago, well, I wouldn't be making a TV show, <laughs> but I would have the ideal body. Right. But you know, why, why the images, everything's changed. I mean, why can't people embrace that? still today because marketing i just it sucks it's just it's wrong because it's marketing wrong. It's well wrong. we say it's wrong but it's but i think we're seeing a, a diff you know a, a more of a, a movement right for self-acceptance right and you see these now these these bigger supermodels right who are embracing themselves and saying don't photoshop me don't you know so that, that that's coming along well but, then my dream of being a supermodel could come true right <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, thanks. I don't know. <laughs> so one of the things I really loved about getting ready for the show was the physical challenge of riding. Mm-hmm. And what I've tried to do since that time is to continue to work on my power 
What I really love is the fact that it's, I found something I like to do. Right. Although I will not ride my bike in the cold. I hate the cold. Yeah. But I use the trainer yeah. and my power went up 70 watts. I've been able to do a lot more and I haven't really been out to try to climb again. But I think that when the weather turns, I'll get out there and I'll start climbing. My coach said I'm going to have the best season ever this right. year. What I think is important as we age, it's, it, it's very important to stay active because the continuing activity is what is what really keeps our brains going. Right. And this is more and more and more research is showing that, that the more active we are, the less dementia there is. Uh, I think it's also related to diet, but at, at the same time, this activity, staying active, is so important. You know, like I said when, before, when I was talking about how I was training, when I was training for surgery, and um, I wasn't active during that time because, you know, I, I was just like, well. A little busy. I was in a residency. You're a little busy. Yeah, that's yeah. sleep deprived and whatever. And right. then the first five years of my practice, I, I really, so there's 10 years there that I just really didn't do much. And then I started, I guess in, in earnest in 2009 is when I really started exercising regularly. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then when we decided to do the bike ride for the TV show, I was like, wow, I really have to get, you know, I was so afraid of those mountains. I was so afraid of Well, them. I wish I had the same mindset that I had preparing for your show every day. You even said, Molly, just set that goal. Just, you know, use every day as a goal, something like that. And it's like, gosh, I wish I could because I, like, trained hard for that. It was like every morning, every afternoon, and every evening. And I thought, how did I even fit that in with my day job? I mean, how did I? I bet I found myself waking up extra early, mm -hmm. riding in the dark, which scared the heck out of me. I mean, that was really scary. I had one of these things on my, and I had my bike lights. But I did it. And I rode myself to the gym every afternoon and forced myself to go even further. I'm like, I can't disappoint Dr. Gordon. I can't disappoint Dr. Gordon. I mean, well, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. What? Do you want to be on the next season? Yeah. You better start training. I know, right? See, you've already told me that. You I know. You better start training. So it needs to be, just make it that priority again. I just need to again. do it. It's yeah. just the whole day job thing has just gotten so intense again. It always, like, when I want to do something, something else just, like, kind of gets yeah, in the way. Yeah, but you live in California. In you live in California where you can ride year-round. Did you know that our dam almost broke? I Come did. Come on. I mean, I it did rained know that. and rained yeah. and rained and rained. Lucky California doesn't yeah. have a drought anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. So when you were training... Yeah. You were really dieting hard, and yeah. you you said you were in the best shape of your life. Did you the lose Did you shape, lose any weight? Like 48 pounds. Let's just say 50 pounds. Like 48 pounds, 50 pounds. And it was a lot. But, I mean, I was really strict about, I was told what to eat, when to eat it, how to eat it. <laughs> you know, and it was, you know, every few hours I was eating. You know, there was a couple different times I got really dehydrated and really sick. Um, but I think that's just because I didn't, as you had mentioned before, hydrate well. But, um... 50 right. pounds. You lost 50 pounds, but yeah. are you still down 50 pounds? <laughs> Do I look like I'm down 50 pounds? <laughs> so so did you gain it all back? No. Okay. But I gained a good 25 pounds back. Okay, so here's the thing about diets, right? Diets don't work. Right. And this is proof. Right. So the only thing that really works if you want to lose weight is a lifestyle change. And... I'm a living proof that I have changed my lifestyle, changed my diet, and the weight is still, I'm still having trouble getting it off. Right. But I'm in the best shape of my life. You are. I'm still striving to get better. Right. And 
we have to measure our health, especially as we age, I think from a different standard. We're not 20 years old anymore. We're not gonna drop weight like that whenever we work out. So I think it's really important that we learn how to accept ourselves and say, okay, let's take you know little baby steps. Okay, I was able to jump rope just a little bit longer right. today, right. or I was able to walk on the treadmill a little bit longer. I was able to take the dogs out and walk you know, for 15 minutes instead of 10. Little teeny baby steps as we go. Well, and you've seen a difference in me. You know that I don't body shame. I mean, I, I'm at that point where, you know, yeah. I'm 54 years old. Forget it. I mean, if I don't look, you know, it's, we talked about this. It's about if we, I told you this the other day, if we looked at ourselves the way our friends did, we'd be in perfect shape. True. Right? That's true. Because you, you don't look at me as like. Well, yeah, no, and the other thing is, is that, is that I think it's, you know, we live our whole lives in our heads, and we can live in a place of freedom, or we can right. live in a place of prison. Right. And so if I'm, every time I'm looking in the mirror, I'm saying, oh my God, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. That's like creating your own hell. Right, right. So we have to be more accepting of who we are, right. so that we can go out and be who we're supposed to right. be. So you may recall that a few episodes ago, I spoke about how I got my mind ready to be on camera. And what I said to myself was, well, I'm about as fit as I'm gonna be because we've hit the deadline in time. And every time I've seen anybody I know on camera, they look just like they look. It's not like the camera adds 10 pounds or anything like that. The camera is the camera and I look like I look. And in order to go out and allow myself to be filmed, I said, okay, I'm gonna look like I look and I'm gonna be myself and that's the way it is. So right. what was your experience with that? Um, same thing, really. I mean, you can't change the way the camera is going to take you in, right? I mean, you are what you are. I yeah. mean, you know, I, the people that are always doing the selfies and turning them this way and, you know, Photoshopping themselves or putting <laughs> this crazy makeup on them and stuff. No. Okay. Yeah. We have to be who we are. Right. Living life to the fullest. I mean, the whole, I mean, the body type has nothing to do with the way you live your life. I will admit, though, when I was training and I was exercising, I did feel better. So to what you said about diet and exercise, how it changes your mind, too, I mean, I really feel like that was really important and I'm missing that. And, you know, you talking on the phone with me and texting, I'm like, if it would just stop raining, and you're like, stop making excuses, get on the stationary bike. <laughs> and I'm like, but I love riding outdoors. And I kind of spoiled myself because when I trained for your show, yeah. even though it was 115 degrees in Chico, I was still out there and enjoying being outside. Did you yeah. have a beer after you rode? No, because I was training for your show. I didn't <laughs> cheat at all. <laughs> Anybody else it. love a beer no. after a ride? Oh, yeah. Oh, Who doesn't want a beer, right? Yeah. yeah. One thing I did miss, though, was my wine. I do. I'm pretty much in love with wine. When I was training a little heavier than I am now, I know that I felt a lot better, right, right? Right. Did you get any other benefits from the exercise? I mean, you said you felt good, but what, what does that mean for you? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that I was sleeping better. I mean, I used to have, like, these little panic attacks at bedtime, like oh. impending doom almost. Um, I didn't experience that. And the hot flashes, you were the one that told me that estrogen is stored, stored in your fat. Right. Why do I always point to my belly when <laughs> I'm saying estrogen stored in my... When estrogen is stored. Um, but I did notice that, too, though, that I was having less hot flashes and um, those night sweats. I didn't have them all the time, but I did notice as I exercised more, they were few and few. I notice that if I do something more strenuous, something that's more right. difficult for me, that's difficult for me mentally as well as physically, like, like one of the things I'm learning right now is how to jump rope with alternating feet. Whoa. Okay? 
So, it, and it takes a lot from me. I mean, you know, I didn't jump rope. I always jumped rope with this, right. like the jump, right? So but now I'm learning to how that. to do it this yeah. way. And what's happening is that when I do that for 30 minutes, I sleep really well the night, that night, and it's like my brain wants to turn off because it takes a lot of focus. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of really, really intense focus to learn how to do something new. And I'm able to sleep a lot better those nights that I do that. I could not jump rope. You know exactly why I could not jump why? rope. Uh, the adult undergarments would have to go on. I, yeah, oh, stress incontinence. Stress oh, incontinence. my God. A woman who has stress incontinence can still do strenuous activity. It's just not going to involve jumping, right? Well, so yeah. so one, one of the alternatives would be just stay, doing high knees. Okay. Right? Especially like with if you could put ankle weights on, you oh. can still get your heart rate up. You okay. can do squats. Squats are good. Right. I'm good at that. Okay, you can do push-ups on your knees. Okay. And, st- and and forget the burpee part. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of ways to do these these body weight exercises um, that that don't involve right. a lot of intra-abdominal pressure, which is what causes the the urine to come out in the first place. Yeah. So again, uh, that's that's high intensity interval training that we talked about the other day, and that's now proven to probably be the best exercise uh, to reduce dementia is to high high intensity interval training. On our way home, we were all very tired, and no one was listening to anyone. We experienced the first meltdown of the trip. It wasn't a pretty sight. Follow your GPS. I'm following my GPS that everybody's saying at a row, okay? I'm trying hard here. You asked me how I felt about riding in a group. (laughs) And it sucks, and I never wanted to again for the rest of my life, ever. It's kind of hard to to ride in group. Are we going this way? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Yeah, that's what my thing says. Do you want to go to Alaro? Guys, just get tight if we're going to pull off and not know where we're going. Hang on. Okay, where are we going? You guys, if you're going to pull up, where? Watch out, watch out, watch out. Okay. This is not the way. Yes, it is. She said we're going right. This is not the directions. It doesn't matter. Hey, differentiate. Michelle. You guys are going off course. Oh, my God. Who cares? We haven't been on course yet. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does if we want to stay on the track together. I have Michelle telling me, let's go this way. And Michelle, I'm not listening to you anymore because this is not the right way. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble every time. Then I've got Chrissy saying, we need to turn around the fountain or we need to do this or we need to do that. I just, you know what? I'm like, not enjoying this. It's like, let me ride. Of course to the right. Take- have you oh, ever tried right? to herd okay. That's what my goose says. Jesus. Oh, my God. I know. They, they don't herd well. Follow your GPS. That's I'm following my GPS. Is everybody that? saying at a row? Okay? No, I'm trying hard we're, here. We're not on the LRO anymore. That was, uh, they switched our, all of our tracks back there. There's no communication, and um, we're with a group of very headstrong women, and everybody wants to go their own way, and I'm just trying to keep us all together, trying to keep us safe, so I'm yelling up, you know, car, car, get over, get over, get over the whole time. Car back! Car back! Get over, guys! I'm good! I'm getting really pissed now. Stop telling me, okay? I can't see what I'm doing. I'm more scared to hear screaming behind me than anything else! No one can hear you. I understand she's supervising us when Chris is not directing us. I do understand that. But that was over-the-top react- reaction to me. It was... 
and necessary. I know she's a big girl, she'll find her way back. I'm totally was not worried about her at all. But if she got hurt, like we've already seen, there's nobody to help her. I'm kind of like, I'm riding on a bridge and I can hear stop, stop. So at first I thought you didn't know where we were going. I know the blickety blick road. I know where we're going to turn because I've done it three times. I knew, I knew where we were going. And the I only problem is, I knew where we were going too. Because I've driven it that, five times. But the Garmin, I was not following the Garmin. I was yeah. following what I've done before. Yeah, yeah. So, so was I, because the road right there is where we always miss when we're driving. So I was yeah. like, so, it's so just too hard then to there's communicate. The That's why I know. we I can't know. communicate at all. We don't want to go back the same way we came. And I just say, yes, we stop after the bridge, after the yeah. bridge. Frenchie, you keep missing the turn. And at one point, Nobody was responding to me, so I said, after the bridge! I just yelled like a maniac. And when we were going down, there was maybe 200 meters of not such a good spot. So I said, I saw from a distance, I saw that there was the road turning and I saw a spot in front of a driveway or whatever. And I said, let's stop right there. You did fine. No. You did great. No, I lost it. it. I lost my no. cool on you and I was wrong. And I want to apologize for we, that. I, that's my thing. As I. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry I yelled. I'm sorry I relationship because I really love you. <laughs> I do. You're doing a beautiful job, okay? Because you do it. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants again. <laughs> we've talked about mood swings and we've talked about emotional lability and how menopause can really bring emotional lability and things that are small <laughs> can become a lot bigger. And the clip that we just saw with uh, Katya and Christy is an example of that. So what happens when we're in perimenopause and menopause, and even sometimes postmenopause, but usually not so much the postmenopause, is that little things can become bigger. And it's important to pay attention to how we're reacting um, because we can't take that back. The drama that we had between Christy and Katya, uh, we, we see that the emotional ability of menopause. You have anything to say about that? I just was stuck. I didn't know what to do because when they stopped and did their thing and you're taking off, I'm like, okay, cool, I could follow Michelle, but then I'd be scared to death that I would lose you because you ride way faster than I do. So I was like, I think I'll just sit here and listen to this until it's time to get up on the bike again. It was hard to listen to that because I don't like drama and you know you're, about your words choosing your words wisely and not being able to take them back I got to really hold my tongue and watch my tongue so I just sat there and listened yeah I just drove away you know and I, I know, rode away and yeah. you know what I really wanted to ride away with you but I really had that panic attack like oh my god like if I try to follow her she's gonna take a quick left or a quick right and I'm never gonna see her again and I'm gonna be like lost in Mallorca <laughs> It's pretty small. Well, yeah, I'd probably find my way back, but you know me and my memory, so. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you remember this pretty well. Um, the fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was pretty, yeah, indelibly. Intense. Yeah. Do you remember the, um, when we went on that tour of Jose Ferrer? Yeah. In Mallorca? I do. What do you remember about that? A lot of fun. It was really fun. Um, you know, I'm not a winemaker, so it's really fun to go into wineries and have that guy give us the history and take us through, you know, the tunnel and where they store and where they make. And it's just always fun. I love going to wineries. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the bottles that were upside down. Yeah. That was yeah. Kind of fun. Why did, why did he have those upside down? I don't remember. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just, 
thought it was kind of cool. Who cares, right? <laughs> I think it was because wasn't that the, they had the special rosé, and it was like they 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 aged it in yeah. bottles upside down. I think so for some reason. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the whole process is great. You like the wine? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, let's let's take a look at that interview since we don't remember it. Hi, Miguel. Hi. I'm Michelle. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us here. And you said this winery is uh, from 1931? That's right. The family that started this winery comes from a very old uh, tradition of winemaking. The original family came from Barcelona, from Catalonia. So you get your grapes from everywhere, you make your wine here? Well, basically we grow them here. Like, they're all grown here. Doesn't matter if the variety itself is not from here, that doesn't matter. It's all grown here. And not only in Mallorca, it's only grown in this little region. There is a what we call a designation of origin, a, a DO, mm-hmm. and this DO is run by a council, and this council states most of the uh, quality standards for the winemaking. Okay. So there must be uh, a minimum percentage of, of local variety in order to have the DO label on the on the bottle. And that's important for yes. selling in, in this area. Yes, basically, because that's one of the ways the, the wine has the Mallorcan character. Uh-huh. Let's go look around. Yeah. Ah, so we're now we're coming upon the newer. Yeah. So you 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 have new world winemaking now. That's right. <laughs> new world winemaking in an old world style. Yes. <laughs> well, this is actually from 1996. This is the new side of the cellar, and as you can see here, this is where we have the uh, newest or the more modern uh, stainless steel tanks. That these are the ones that we use for fermentation right now. And yeah. how many liters does one well, of these tanks hold? Well, 35,000 each. So once it's fermented, then you set it here, and then yeah. you, you barrel it after that? Uh, basically, this is just like a half step in between mm-hmm. fermentation and anything that might come after, for example, uh, aging or bottling mm-hmm. or uh, filtering, whatever it okay. needs to be done. So mm-hmm. if you want, we can just go downstairs. Sure. We'll go to see the, the underground cellar, the place where we age the wines, which is actually Great. also very nice. So we're here in this uh, this cellar with uh, with the barrels, and yeah. I see all these bottles upside down. This is uh, Brut Rosé. Can you yeah. tell me about that? Yes, of course. Uh, well, this is one of the two types of sparkling wine that we make here. Mm-hmm. Um, we make a white and a rosé. And is, this is how you uh, finish it in the bottle? Well, this is, would be like the halfway uh, in the whole process because first of all we have to do a, a first fermentation in the tank upstairs as if it was a regular wine but then mm-hmm. a second one in the bottle oh cool. yes everybody ready to try some wine <laughs> they're excited yeah. let's go have some wine what did we do after jose ferrer do you remember did we we ate the food there then, then did we go out to dinner that night oh my god right really rasking me <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember uh okay want some memory labs merlot <laughs> do you do you remember the Did interview we, much? No, I remember the food and I remember the wine. The food. I remember the food <laughs> and the wine. I don't remember the interview much. Maybe we should, I, I guess, maybe we're having memory lapses. Maybe. Brain fog, menopause. Yeah. yeah. So let's take a look at that. I've always said, the best wine to drink with this food or that food is the wine you like with it. After tasting the wine earlier, I knew we would all enjoy ourselves. Oh, look what we have here. This looks beautiful. Uh, if you want, I'll just explain really briefly the wines that you're going to be sure. tasting. Okay. And uh, the first one, as you can see, is the sparkling wine. Then, uh, first red you will taste is the Veritas Vignes Veas. It's a Crianza, uh, so it means that it's already a bit old, but not too much. Third one you're going to taste is the Veritas Blanc. This is the only white wine that we age here in the cellar. And the last one, 
the, the oldest one, obviously. You have the Reserva Veritas, this is a 2007 uh, wine. It's aged for two years in French oak. This is the perfect wine to, to drink or to combine with any type of like powerful meal. You any know? sort of meal. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have to tell you, wine is best when yeah. you like it. It really That's is. True. The best wine is the wine you like. That's true. Anything you like. Mallorcan wines are not are not famous for being wines that can be kept for a long, very, very long, long time. But that doesn't mean that you cannot keep them for a long time. It just depends on... It. Yeah. It's been really great tasting all the wines. And Miguel, thank you so much for having us. It's been really great being well, thank here. You. Thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. So the process at Jose Ferrer, did that remind you of anything? Well, it did. I mean, I'm really lucky to have my own custom winemaker for Mood Swing Wines. It's intriguing to see what they did at Jose Ferrer because it is similar to what uh, Bob does back home. Uh-huh. I, I don't have my hands in it, though. I mean, I'm just, I, I, to create Mood Swing Wines was one thing, and to find it a really great custom winemaker was another, and uh, to have my visions of what my label should look like put on a label. So I, I get to do that. You know, I get to be the creative part behind Mood Swing Wines, but being in any winery is always fun to see how they operate and um, what they produce. Go to MoodSwingWines.com and buy some wine. So I thought this was going to be the last time I saw you. <laughs> but it's not. No, you're coming back again Yay. in episode eight. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, we had such a good time. I mean, I we know. had a good time doing this. We had a great time in Mallorca. Yeah. It's just great that you've become, you know, such a good friend. I and know. I'm glad that I you've agree. come in. Yay, thanks. thanks. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for listening to the, the Menopause Movement podcast and joining in. I really appreciate you. And if you liked it, please head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. That will really help us out. And don't forget to sign up for the Menopause Workshop. You can sign up at menopauseworkshop.com. I'll see you there.